Hey everyone, and welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. Thanks for finding the pod. Thanks for listening. At the moment, the pod is only available on Apple Podcasts and on Podbean. But if any of you are listening on Podbean, you guys are nuts. Eventually, I will add the podcast to more platforms. Maybe I can work on that over the weekend, getting it added to Google, Stitcher, Spotify, places like that. Maybe I can get more downloads that way. Today, we're going to discuss what happened on Thursday at the Western and Southern Open, round of 16 play. It is, for me, it is 9.33 p.m. on Thursday, August 18th, 2022, which means it's 12.33 a.m. on Thursday, August, or sorry, on Friday, August 19th in Mason, Ohio. Just in the last couple of moments, Arena Sabalenka has defeated Shelby Rogers to end play for the day. So let's start today with my two deep dives of matches that I had my eye on. Let's start with the third rounder today between number one seed Daniil Medvedev and Denis Shapovalov. This match started at 1.15 p.m. local time, and it's an interesting match because both guys sort of have personalities, and both guys have kind of been struggling Shapovalov has been struggling more, I would say, but Medvedev needs to find some form, you know? I thought the match itself wasn't too high quality. Just to quickly go through some of the scores, Medvedev lost seven of the first eight points. He held his first service game from Love 40. Then he broke Shapovalov to go up 2-1 with the break. He gave it back getting broken at 4-3 to make it 4-all. Medvedev trailed 4-5 on serve in both sets, but he never faced a set point. Medvedev breaks at 5-all to take the first set, 7-5, and he breaks at 5-all in the second set to win the match, 7-5-7-5. It's pretty brief for a deep dive, the majority of both sets were not t- very interesting to me, but it, it is one that I did want to check out, so I did. Just looking at the stats for this one, at the winners and the unforced errors, Medvedev had 27 winners to 19 errors, so he's plus 8. Nice, clean performance. Shapovalov had 22 winners to 29 errors, so he was minus 7. Not a clean performance. And Medvedev is moving on. So he had a bad week last week, but now he's back into the quarterfinals of a August tournament, which is his best time of year. Hopefully he can win a couple more to move that along. And the other match that I had my eye on today was first up this morning at 11.08 a.m., Ons Jabor took on Petra Kvitova, and Kvitova came out very quickly. In 13 or 14 minutes, she got up 5-love, 
and then usually in these situations you can't make a mistake at all if you either want to win a set six love or you want to win a set in a notable amount of time like 15 20 minutes this set ultimately took 25 minutes which is not as notable as if it had taken 15 18 19 and in the last couple games Jabor got a couple more points and she made those last couple games competitive to sort of take the set out of being statistically significant or from being a bagel set for Kvitova. Just to go through that, Kvitova was up 5-love very quickly. She was up 21 points to 7. Then in the next two games, some very quick mental math for the last two games, the first set, Kvitova won 7 points and Jabor won 7 points. So late in that first set, it was much more competitive, and Jabor was able to continue that momentum into the second set. She got a quick three-love lead. She did give it back to make it four-all later in the set. Then she held to go up 5-4, and then in a long game, she got the break to win the second set 6-4, but then Kvitova blitzed Jabor in the third set, 6-love. With a scoreline like this, 6-1, 4-6, 6-love, I would say that's a blowout victory. Because in the sets where Jabor could have taken a lead, she lost those sets, 6-1, 6-love. The second set, in this kind of situation, when you're coming back to try to even the match, you're fighting to reduce a deficit. There was no chance in the second set of Jabor taking the overall lead in the match, which kind of changes the competitive complexion of it. So, Kvitova does get that win. Um, it was good for her to have that third set performance. So, uh, she played very well. It was a nice, clean match from Kvitova. That match finished just before 1 p.m. Kvitova broke serve six times. Ans Jabor broke serve twice. And in her three warm-up tournaments, Jabor won two matches. She had a match win in San Jose, then lost. She lost first round in Canada. She retired. And here she had one victory and then lost today. So in her summer lead-up tournament to the U.S. Open, Ans Jabor went two and three after making the finals of the previous Grand Slam. Lots of times people say to the losing finalist of a Grand Slam, oh, you'll have some more chances, you'll get one of these. And most of the time, that doesn't happen. I remember Andy Roddick famously said that after the 2009 Wimbledon final. He said something along the lines of, I hope to have my name up there on the wall one day as a winner of this tournament. And that did uh, not happen shall we say. In fact, he was drummed out of the game in relatively short order after that. Three years later, he was retired. And Jabor, she's in her late 20s, and she kind of came out of nowhere recently to be in the top couple of players in the world and to win a Masters 1000 and all the other titles that she's won this year. But, you know, if she, maybe she's already peaked. And you know what? That's fine if she did. But maybe we have to lower our expectations for Jabor now. We'll see how she does in the U.S. Open. She has 
10 days to get ready for that. And those are my deep dive matches for today. Now let's move on to a score read. These are your round of 16 scores for the play that happened on Thursday. Number 5 seed, uh, whoopsie, Petra Kvitova defeated the number 5 seed, Ons Jabor, 6-1, 4-6-6-love. Elena Rybakina beat Allison Risk Amitraj, 6-2-6-4. Shuai Zhang beat the number 2 seed, Annette Contivate, 2-6-6-4-6-4. Annette Contivate has got to be one of the least intimidating number 2 seeds in the history of tennis. Just saying that again. She hasn't been able to do anything with those points that she accumulated in the fall of 2021. Madison Keys beat the number one seed, Iga Sviantek, 6-3-6-4. And it should tell you something about the state of Iga Sviantek right now, that she is going to be a brief story, kind of in the middle of the pod. Just to state it, she had her winning streak, and now she's 4-4 four and four in her last eight. It's not great. And she still has a big lead in the rankings and all that stuff. But at the moment, she's not really a factor. She's going to have to get it back at the U.S. Open. We'll see if she can. Carolyn Garcia continued her recent form. She beat Elise Mertens, 6-4-7-5. Alia Tomlanovic came back to, d- to beat Veronica Kudermatova, 3-6-7-6-6-3, after... Playing until 1.30 in the morning last night, she came back and got a win, a comeback win. So nice for Tom Lanovich. Jessica Pagula, who's a tough out right now and the number 7 seed, beat number 10 seed Emma Raducanu, 7-5-6-4. Raducanu now heads to the U.S. Open, where she will be losing most of her ranking. It's just a question of how much. And even though she only made the round of 16... Emma Raducanu had one of the best weeks of her season this week, beating Serena Williams and Victoria Azarenka getting to this stage, losing a close one to one of the best players on tour right now and Jessica Pagula. So Raducanu's prepared maybe better than she expected to be a week ago for her United States Open title defense. Number six seed, Arena Sabalenka. Beat Shelby Rogers 6-4-6-7-6-4 in the late match. On the men's side today, the Thursday results. Number nine seed Cameron Nori beat the wild card Ben Shelton, 6-love, six 6-2. Six A reality check for Ben today, but he will be back for sure. Number four seed, Stefanos Sitsipas beat Diego Schwartzman. The 13 seed, 6-3-6-3. Felix Auger-Aliassime beat Yannick Sinner, number 7 over number 10, 2-6-7-6-6-1. Borna Chorich, who's in on his protected ranking of number 152, beat number 15, Roberto Bautista Agut, 6-2-6-3. Number 1 seed and best player in the world, officially, Daniil Medvedev beat Denis Shapovalov, 7-5-7-5. Number three seed, Carlos Alcaraz, beat number 14 seed and former winner here, Marin Cilic, 
7661. John Isner beat Seb Corda, 761676. And number 11, Taylor Fritz beat number 6, Andre Rublev, 676275. Rublev is a top 8 seed, and here's how much he matters to tennis at the moment. And that's how much Andre Rublev is relevant right now on the ATP Tour. So we have our quarterfinal lineups and our stat for today, our research. I went and looked at the number of quarterfinals that each player has, including the one that they're going to appear in tomorrow. And I did not do the one for Sabalenka. So while I'm doing this, I'm going to pull up how many quarterfinals Sabalenka has made throughout the course of her career. Let's go ahead and take a guess. I'm going to guess it's going to be double digits easy. Let's see if that is going to be proven correct. Oh, it's going to be close. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, so I'm going to get her in here at 12. Sabalenka is going to have 12. Okay, so here's the number of quarterfinals that each player has made, and then I'll give you my point at the end of it. Isner leads the men's field with 19. Kind of surprising he's the leader, but he's been around forever. Isner, 19. Tsitsipas, 16. Medvedev, 11. Kind of surprised that Medvedev has five less than Tsitsipas. Chorich, 8. Felix, 6. Fritz, 5. Alcaraz, 4. And Nori, 3. And the F Masters 1000 winners that are left. Isner is a Masters 1000 winner. Tsitsipas is. Medvedev is. Fritz is. Alcaraz is. And Nori is. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 of the 8 players in the Cincinnati quarterfinals have already won a Masters 1000 title. So, the men's field is a more established field than last week. On the women's side, Petra Kvitova, 33 quarters or better at the 1,000 circuit. Sabalenka, 12. Garcia, 10. Pagula, 9. Keys, 9. Zhang, 4. Rybakina, 3. I was looking at Rybakina, and she made the quarterfinals of Wuhan one time as a wild card. Just funny to see Wuhan in a stat, because not looking good that the WTA is ever going to go back to Wuhan, if you know what I'm saying. Ground zero. And Tomlanovic with one. So Tomlanovic is in her first Masters 1000 quarterfinal. She's been having a sneaky good season. So good for Alia Tomlanovic to make her first deep run at one of these things. So overall, I think we have a much more established and veteran field. I don't know if you'd necessarily call a guy like Alcaraz or Rybakina established, but they've already made several quarterfinals of tournaments of this level, so they're not absolute neophytes. They're legit players that will drive eyeballs. They're kind of box office players.
I'm specifically thinking of Alcaraz on that comment. So it'll be interesting to see who is going to win a competitive last eight field and who's going to get a Masters 1000 trophy this weekend. Now let's go over the schedule for the next day of play, quarterfinal Friday. This is going to be the schedule for Friday, August 19th, 2022, just sticking with singles here. 11 a.m., Madison Keys versus Elena Rybakina. 1 p.m. on center court, number one, Daniil Medvedev versus number 11, Taylor Fritz. 1.30 p.m. on grandstand, Petra Kvitovic versus the qualifier, Alia Tomlanovic. 3 p.m. on center court, number four, Stefanos Tsitsipas against John Isner. 3.30 p.m. on grandstand, number six, Irina Sabalenka versus Shuai Zhang. 7 p.m. on center court, number seven, Jessica Pagula against the qualifier, Carolyn Garcia. 7 p.m. on grandstand. Number 7, Felix Auger Aliassime against protected ranking Borna Chorich. Second match on center court. So the second match after 7 is number 3, Carlos Alcaraz against number 9, Cameron Norrie. So that's a grand total of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 matches tomorrow. 8 quarterfinal matches, 4 for each draw. Got them all there. The coverage will get underway at 11 a.m. on Tennis Channel for cable. Tennis Channel Plus has streams for both tours, and Tennis TV has streams for the ATP matches, including commentary-free feeds. Today is going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. If you like what you're hearing, Leave five-star review and a nice note. If you see this podcast on Twitter, make sure that you retweet it or get in touch with me to leave feedback or to tell me that you listened, especially after doing an hour-long pod yesterday. I want to get out of here quick today and rest up, get ready for the exciting matches on the schedule tomorrow. The weekend is here for Cincinnati. Should be fun. And we'll talk to you soon. This podcast was courtesy Argon Productions.